Hey folks, hey, this is Wesley Billion Dollar Version here with another Millionaire Midnight Rant. It's, a, it's currently uh, 3 o'clock a.m. in the morning here, CST time. And I know what you're thinking, Wesley, why are you up so late? Why are you up at 3 a.m.? Because I'm working, and that's why. Um, you know, typically, rich people, successful people work during the hours where everybody is asleep. Remember this about rich and successful people. We do the opposite of what the world does, okay? Like right now, especially here in America, everybody sleep. So while people sleep, we work, which is the reason why it always seems like we have an edge on others. It's because why you sleeping, we working here. But I know somebody's up. So go ahead and wake up. Make sure you turn on your notifications as well. If you're brand new to the rant. Welcome to the rant. Where you been? This is Wesley Billion Dollar Virgin Podcast here. Okay. And tonight we're going to talk about... Actually, tonight... I want to answer any questions, okay? Uh, ask a millionaire anything. Ask your favorite millionaire, your favorite millionaire anything, okay? And anything, okay, great. And I and I know some of you like, come on, Wes, Wes, how are you up working at three o'clock in the morning? Do you sleep? When do you sleep, Mr. Virgin? Never! I sleep when I die. You know, honestly, like, I'm already fairly, I'm a fairly wealthy man, right? And many of you are not. But you want to be wealthy. But yet, you're sleeping like babies. Some of you are sleeping more than me. And you don't have 100K in your bank account. You don't have 10K in your bank account. You're still working a job. You're still doing things that you don't want to do, which is very perplexing to me. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, how can a person say that they want to be wealthy, rich, make a million dollars, which is less than 1% of people on the planet here? How do they expect to do that and, and sleep at the same time? Well, let me tell you something here. Um, you got to change your mindset. You got to change your mentality. You got to change your behaviors and your activities. You have to do the opposite of what everybody else. You know, I learned this in my later 20s. Somebody told me this at a seminar. And he said, Wesley, if you want to be rich, you got to look at everybody else that you know. Look at everybody on the planet. And pay attention to what they do, what they say, what they read, their activities and their behaviors and attitudes. And what you need to do, if you're serious and committed about being wealthy, you got to do the opposite. And I know it sounds abnormal about, you know, sleeping. Everybody has their own philosophy about sleeping, sleep eight hours, six hours, 20 hours, whatever. But I don't know. You know, I think when you don't have something that you're working towards, like I have an obsession as it relates to achieving goals. It just it just consumes me, honestly, and I'm excited about it, which means I don't want to sleep. I sleep like three, four hours is enough for me. 
and it's time to work again. And hopefully that you will actually listen to that and actually just watch me and pay attention to my work ethic and the way that I think because my work ethic and the way that I think has allowed me to create this $40 million empire, okay? So, um, welcome. Let me give you a shout out here. And so what I want to do tonight, I want to do a Q&A, ask your favorite millionaire anything, anything you want to know about business, about manifesting your dreams. You know, I do this from the top of my heart just to give people the opportunity to converse with a rich person. You know, many people don't get the opportunity actually to pick the brain of a millionaire. So I want to give you the opportunity to do that with me and to do that with me now. Okay. So let me go ahead and give everybody a shout out here. We have Nadir, we have Earth Love Skin, we have Emmy Graham, we have Everthun, Santa, how are you? Uh, Marco, say, what's going on, man? Igna, we have Chrissy, uh, Ecker, we have Crassia. Stony. Okay. All right. Okay. Here's Bree. Bree is in the house. Bree, she up as well. So Bree, she has a question here. She says, what is your biggest joy in life today? What is my biggest joy? Oh, you know. I have a few things that I'm excited about, Bree, but oh, my biggest joy. I think my biggest joy, what makes me just the most happiest, is just just having freedom. And let me go deeper for you, if you don't mind. When I say freedom, I mean just having the freedom to be who exactly who I want to be. Does that make sense? Listen, it's not that many people on the planet that get there, they get the opportunity to be exactly who they want to be. Right? Because, you know, we're we tend to be people pleasers. We tend to have to be flexible in relationships and we have to adapt to certain people at jobs. And and let me tell you something, me, I, I'm just I'm my true self. I don't, I don't know if you realize how good that feels just to be exactly who you want to be, right? I could be the goofy me. I can be the serious me. I can be the responsible me. I can be the professional. I can be the manipulator. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? I can be whoever I want to be. I can be the God, the King. So I think that's the, that's what I'm so excited about. Like I just, I can just be. I have the freedom to be whoever I want to be. I don't have to please people. I don't have to um, do something that's not aligned with my intentions. Does that make sense? Okay. 
So, yeah, that's my biggest joy in life today. And, of course, my children. I mean, I love them to life. You know, baby girl, she just came down. You know, my children, they live outside of, uh, they don't live in, in Houston. So, I just sent her a car. Of course, my driver just picked her up and just brought her to me. So, we get to hang out for the weekend. So it's just the freedom to do what I want to do. I have options to do whatever I want to do. And that's a great feeling, by the way. Okay. Hey, Diana, how are you? Princess Diana's in the house here. And, and listen, no, you know, and this is what I want for you. And this is why I go live. And, uh, you know, another biggest joy for me is just doing this. Like, I mean, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, but to me, I'm not really concerned about what time it is. Like, I love sharing my story. I love sharing my philosophy. I love encouraging people. I love giving people the opportunity to see their current situation differently. I love it. I really do. Because I believe that we're all connected. And I believe the one emotion that connects us all is compassion. You know, it's compassion. We all feel for each other. We do. We all feel if somebody is hurt, most of us are going to feel empathy for that person. Somebody somebody in your family passed away, we're going to feel empathy for. So we, we all are connected, and we're connected through compassion. I have compassion for all of you. That's why I go live. Right, even though some of you are just lazy, I'll be honest, and procrastinates and kinda of piss me off at times. But I still have compassion for you. I still give you grace. That's what God did in the Bible, right? God God's grace is sufficient. Every day he gives you grace. Which means he gives you forgiveness. So I forgive you, you know, all of you. Even though some of you don't know you personally here, but you know, I forgive your transgression. You know, the things that you say you're going to do and you don't do. And I'm still here for you. You know, honestly, I promise to stop doing these rants because it's a ton of people. They're listening, but they're not applying. It's many people that they don't take this seriously because they don't take their life seriously. But I'm here because my grace for you is sufficient. And I understand that. Sometimes change takes time. Some people would change quickly. Some people realize their potential. They realize their own, their power. They realize that they don't have any limitations. They, they will eventually realize that. And I don't know what day that's going to be. But all I know is if I continue to be here, if I continue to answer your questions here, I continue to share my story and to educate you about the incredible life that you can live, I believe one day you will live it. Okay? Let me scroll down here. Thanks, Bray. Scroll down here a little bit here. <clears throat> What's your greatest fear in life? Bree has all the questions tonight. I bet she's smiling over there, too. So my biggest fear, you know, I don't have any fears. Now, 
I know that. Look at this. I don't. I don't have any fears that I'm aware of. I'm pretty sure I don't want to be around snakes. But you know, um, I, I. You know, honestly, I don't have any fears. Not knowingly. I'm pretty sure I'm afraid of something. I just don't know what it is, right? But I don't have any fears. It's nothing. I don't. Fe- I don't fear anything in life. You know, I. Um, I believe fear is debilitating. Fear is weakness. And I believe we were created to be fearless, but to become fearless, you have to educate yourself because many of you fear things that are not even real, such as some of you are working a job and you're only afraid of the illusion that you will be poor. Some of you are in a relationship and you want to get out of the relationship, but you can't because... The fear that you're going to be by yourself, the fear that you're not going to be able to provide for the family, right? Fear of what your family going to say. But I don't live in that world of fear, okay? And by the way, and we all know the acronym of fear is false evidence appearing real. And so I don't live in that vortex. I don't, I don't live in fear. I, I live my life fearless. If anything that I want to do... I'm going to do. And I think many of you, you just fear people. You fear what people will say. You fear what people and how they're going to label you, what they're going to do. They're going to talk about you. But honestly, I don't give a damn. Honestly, I I really don't. Maybe a little bit, but not as much as most of you do. What's important for me is for me to be able to express myself the way I feel that's going to make a contribution to the world, right? I don't need people to support me. Now, if you choose to support me, great. But it's not a need. Make sense? Like, I don't need people to give me a pat on the back. I don't need people to tell me, you're doing a great job, Wesley. You're amazing, Wesley. I love you. Like, I don't, that's not necessary for me. Because I can love myself. I can pat myself on the back. I mean, I'm a big guy, but... You know, I'm not that flexible, but I can get that arm in the back and pat me a little bit, right? I can give myself positive reinforcement. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't fear anything, honestly. Wes, do you day trade? I don't personally. No, I do not. Not a day trade over here. <laughs> I love it. The Earth loves skin. Sydney, Australia is in the house. How do you make your money? So, yes, I'm a digital marketer. Does that, does everybody understand what I do? You know, I know it's a bit complex. I, I don't know why it's so complex. It's just Listen, let me give you the third grader version of what I do. Okay, you know Amazon.com, right? Amazon.com sells a lot of stuff. But they also sell what is called ebooks. Ebooks is what is called a digital product is digital intellectual property basically right it's not a physical product it's just something that you can read online so i'm a smaller version of amazon i create digital products online and i sell them to the marketplace to you okay that's how i make money and also i have a real estate development company we have about 10 houses right now I should have 10 more houses by the end of the year. So that's about it. 
What's up, honey bears? How are you? Next question here. Thanks for the loves. What's next here? Let me sing for you all. You want to sing only top notch? Oh, thank you, love skin. She bought the genie script. I love it. Name for us a good book. Breaking the Habits of Being Yourself. Go get that book by Joe Dispenza. I knew you didn't have one. That's why you reached the sky. Yeah, I mean, Bree, you know me very well, of course. Absolutely. No fears over here. How do you feel about billboard advertising? Uh, you know, I don't know about that. You know, I would... I think it's a waste of money. I mean, it's five, ten thousand dollars for billboards, and you can use that money and repurpose that online. Honestly, like I wouldn't, I would only do a billboard because of ego, just to have my face on a billboard. But as far as people contacting me, nah. I think that's just that type of advertisement is just obsolescent. It's going out of style very quickly, and it's a waste of funds. Yeah, great question, Bree, for sure. Let me see, how are you? What's going on, everyone? We're in here tonight. More questions for me. Come on, folks. Listen, I'm giving you an opportunity to have access to me. Uh, hey, Wes. Have you dealt with haters and naysayers when you were not yet wealthy? Of course. How did you deal with those situations? Okay, of course. Listen, I had haters that was drinking haterade every day. Kind of get a man. I mean, you listen from people in my family. You know, telling me to go back to work. You know how many times my family told me to go back to work? You know how many times people close to me told me and say, hey, Wes, you have children, you have kids. I mean, I get it. You're chasing your dreams, but you need money. You're not making smart decisions. I mean, that's going to happen. I'm just going to let you know. I mean, I heard that for years. And let me tell you something. I didn't listen to him. And it was a clear sign for me to cut those people off. And let me share something with you. You know, I know a lot of you won't do this, but sometimes you have to cut off the parents. Yeah. Cut off the people that you love most. That's close to you. Sometimes you got to cut off the, sp the spouse. Cut off the boyfriend, the girlfriend. The boyfriend, girlfriend, listen, if they don't support you, you need to leave them immediately. But if you're married, you need to have a conversation with that person and say, hey, this is what it is. Um, I'm ambitious. You know, and I have big dreams. And I'm sorry that you don't have big dreams, but I do. And I need someone that's going to be a supporter of those dreams. So you let me know, yes or no. You know, if you have a husband or a wife that just doesn't support you, you need to have a conversation with them, you know. It's no, it's not, to me, it's just, it is not necessary to live a life of misery. For what? To be miserable. And you shouldn't do it for the kids. And I hear people... I have a friend, he said, well, Wesley, I'm only married to my wife. 
because we have children. And I'm thinking to myself, that's a stupidity. Because if you're miserable in a household and you only stand in the household because of the children, but you're miserable, you think your children don't see and feel the temperature in the household? They're not stupid, you know? They know something going on. They know mom and dad not getting along. So, you know, it's just... <clears throat> what's important about children is for them to understand and be, and you want them to be in a happy environment. And me, I have to defer when people say that what well, children need to be, you know, need to be raised up in a home with two parents. I'm like, why? I think what's important with children is they need love. They need to know that you care. I don't think it matters if they have one parent or two parent or no parent. Children need to feel love. Love means they need to feel significant. They need to feel important. They need to feel that you care about them. They need to feel that you hear them. Not just two people in the same household. I mean, that hate each other. Does that make sense? But unfortunately, you know, a lot of a lot of married folks, this is what they do. It's so unfortunate. So yeah, of course, man, haters. I had a ton of haters before I made my million. But guess what? Guess what? Guess what? My haters turned to my supporters when I got the money. You know, they want to support me now. I'm the man now. Oh, Wes, you're doing some big... Oh, shut up. You know, all those people that try to come back and talk to me. I don't even... Let me tell you something. You don't even want to know. I don't, I don't even conversate with family. You know, just my parents, probably. That's it. But everybody else, I don't conversate with these people. I love them, but I'm not going to talk to them. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> my family, they're either going to say, hey, how did you do it? And how can you help me do it? Or, hey, can you give me some money? Or, hey, can you, you know, I had, what are my cousins? You know, my first, second generation cousin. She had the audacity to ask me. She said, well, Wesley, you know, since you have all those cars and I'm not sure if you're not if you're not using all those cars, I really need a car and I'm willing to pay you per month for one of your vehicles. I'm like, what? I don't have any Hundo Accords. I don't have a Ford Fusion. Every vehicle that I own is six figures plus. <laughs> it was hilarious, honestly. Questions here. Talk to me. What is Margin called about? Watch it. You should watch the movie. Watch it first. What's next here? Um, King West, congratulations on reaching 400,000 podcast milestone. If you had to pick one rant, which one would you say is your favorite? I have no clue. It's too many of them. I, I don't know, honestly. It's probably the one that's in the Genius Group course. What's next here? Questions? Let me see. Uh, you folks are a bit quiet here today. Why? I mean, tonight here. And, and don't give me this bullshit that's just sleepy. Okay? The sleep is for the broken poor. Remember that. It really is. Sleep is for the broken, for the poor. What will be your greatest accomplishment in life? Well, Bree. This is what I would like to happen before I pass away. 
before I die. I do believe I'm immortal. You know, maybe God would allow me to stay here for another thousand years because God's going to realize that I just make such a huge, that I'm making such a huge contribution to the world that he's going to feel that I need to stay on the planet here a little bit longer. But, however, I want, based off my contribution to the world, I just want people to realize, one, how powerful they are, two, that they can really manifest their dream. It's not really about, you know, making people millionaires because everybody's not going to be a millionaire, right? I, I want people to understand on an unconscious level how powerful their mind is that they, it doesn't matter where you are in life. Listen, please. It doesn't matter how bad and devastating it is. It doesn't matter how ugly the picture looks. That you can use your mind and your brain to pull yourself out of that situation. Like if I can get hundreds and hundreds of millions of people to think like this. If I can get hundreds of millions of people to be able to listen to my content and make a decision that they are powerful and that they don't need all these things outside of them, like mentors and pastors and, um, you know, I need an opportunity. You need everything that you need is inside of you, which what I'm saying is that you can create everything internally first because before you can manifest anything, it has to be created in thought. Does that make sense? Like everything, like think about your life right now. From your children, the people that you date, where you live, the car that you drive, the job that you, like that was all a thought that was in your mind. Even the clothes that you're wearing. Maybe you're naked right now, I'm not sure. But even the bed that you're laying up, like the man that you chose, the woman that you like the profession, the career, it was all a thought before it became physical. Does that make sense? So it's like, if you understand, and this is what I want people, and I will have this, trust me, before I die, I will have billions of people that would say, man, I listened to some Wesley Virgin content, and now I understand that my thoughts are the beginning of everything that I will manifest in my life. It's not because I don't have money. It's not because I don't have the right mentorship. It's not because I'm not at the right church or the right person. It's because of me. If I want a better life, I must first design that life in my mind. I must get educated on how the, my mind works to be able to organize it in a way that when I think about something, when I imagine something, it happens. That's going to be my biggest accomplishment right there. Okay. My biggest accomplishment will always will also be school, a school system where we will implement this type of teachings in school, whether it's elementary, middle school or high school. Teaching children, teenagers, how to use their mind, how to meditate, how to manifest, 
how to properly use their imagination, teaching them emotional intelligence, teaching them what to do when they feel a certain way, helping them understand how to deal with people. Do you know how beneficial it would be if you have a class just about communication? Teaching teenagers how to communicate words effectively. Teaching children or teenagers how to start businesses and companies. It'll be a game changer. And it will be. Just keep watching. That's why they call me daddy. Because I get what I want. And you'll see. What is the best way to gain traction to a website? I would say TikTok, social media, Instagram. It's got to be very consistent. And make sure at the end of every video you do, you have a call to action. Um, next question for me, please. Very, very beneficial. Yeah. But my question to all of you is this. This is what I want to know. What type of impact would you like to make on the planet? What type of contribution would you like to live, leave on this planet before you pass away, before you die? You know, many of you don't know this, but before I became a millionaire, I discovered what my purpose was. And when I say I discovered, I chose. I made a decision of what it would be before I made a million. And I asked myself the same question that I'm asking you. I said, well, Wesley, if you believe that you're going to be rich, so that's already a non-issue. But what type of contribution do you want to inculcate in the world? What type of impact would you like to contribute to the world? And... This is when I started to do this. And this is my gift. My gift is to be able to speak deeply with people and understand people and listen to them and be able to have a sense of acuity that I just, like I understand people very well within minutes of meeting them. It's like, I just know. And it's like, I know exactly what to say to help them. Okay. But my question to you is, you know, what type of contribution would you like to leave on the planet here? Because let me tell you something. Money will make you happy. But your purpose will sustain happiness for the rest of your life. You know, one thing that you guys should know that my dad, my father is a pastor of a church. He's been a pastor for, I think, 40 plus years. And my father's not a rich man. He's never been rich. He never had millions and millions of dollars. But if you ever meet my father, he's very happy. He's very excited. And let me tell you why. He's excited and happy because he's living his purpose. It's probably the greatest gift to anybody. You know, unfortunately, everybody... Just doesn't get the opportunity to figure their purpose out or just to live their purpose. But, you know, my father's living his purpose, so he's excited. 
because it's fulfilling to, you know, what he's doing is sharing the word of God with the world. And that fulfills him, that motivates him. Not the money. Make sense? So, I know some of you, you know, being wealthy and rich is not that important. Some of you just want to be comfortable, right? Some of you just, you know, have had 10000 15000 a month. You go, okay, I get it. But let me tell you something. You got to discover what your purpose is because it doesn't matter how much money you ever make. You can make a ton of money and you'll be lost because you'll buy everything. You know, once you buy everything and you shop everywhere and you travel to all the countries and you put your children in high school, it's just like, now what? What do you do now? And I know many people are like that right now. They just don't even know what to do with their lives because they've done everything. You know, some people, they take a lifetime to travel, a lifetime to buy expensive things and to do the things that they want to do, a lifetime. But when you make a ton of money, you can do everything very quickly. So you need something bigger and broader. And to do that, you have to think about it. Because you might not know right now. I know some of you don't know what your purpose is, but you'll figure it out. A good example of loving and giving back to give balance to the universe. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so by giving back and you just, and listen, I want you to understand something because I know some of you ask me, well, Wes, how do I find my purpose? How do I find my purpose? <sighs> you have to discover your purpose by making a decision on what type of contribution you want to make to the world. Because in my opinion, everybody's purpose aligns with making a contribution, which means doing something in the world that makes the world better. And, that, and listen, everybody has something in there. Everybody has some type of power or gift that's been given to you that you can explore, that you can express to the world. Okay. Everybody has some talent, some unique thing that they do that you can utilize to contribute to the world. But some of you just believe the thing that you do well is insignificant. You believe no one's going to listen to you. You think that, ah, oh, it's too trivial. No one cares about that. Well, you don't know until you try. Right? So I would say get out there and take action. Do it. Because it feels good to be able to live your passion, regardless if you ever make a million dollars. But like living your passion and your purpose, oh, it's nothing better than it. It's almost better than sex. Almost, almost. Depends. It depends with who. <laughs> What's next here? Talk to me. Talk to me, young people. Wesley, do you think putting your ego to the side had a lot to do with your success? Well, you know, yes and no. I think ego is important. You know, I think you have to think highly of yourself. You know, you do have to think that you know a lot of stuff. You do have to have a sense of confidence, and that does align with your ego, right? Because ego is all about you, and you do got to be all about you. You can't be thinking about everybody else and trying to please other people and trying to make sure everybody else is all right. When you're not all right, right? However, you got to realize that you don't know it all. Even though you think you do, right? So in some moments that you need to utilize your ego, in some moments, 
Yes, you need to put the ego to the side and say, you know what, I don't know. I know you want to know, but you don't know. And a lot of new entrepreneurs do this. A lot of young people do this. They're like, oh, I know it already. I read this book already. Oh, I did that already. I did that already. Well, just give me, give me something new. You know, some people take my program and they say, well, I've heard all this stuff already. You know, it's nothing new. And I'm like, that's not the point. The point is you need to master the information. Like, it's nothing new on the planet here. Come on. Everything else, everything is just a regurgitation of some other, infor- some other type of information, folks. But you got to master the information. That's the key. It's not just getting something new every day. That's why a lot of you broke. And that's why a lot of you fat, because you keep looking for the next pill, the next workout program, the next workout band, the next work, the ab booster or whatever. You know, and and that's why you, you know, you're overweight or you're broke, average, because you can't stick to one thing. Okay. Wes, I just started the series. Your wish is your command. What were the most takeaway from that series? Oh, yeah. So your wish is your command. What I like most, it was two CDs, the one about money, which is. CD number 10, I believe. And the the point when they talk about the teachability index. And when he talks about who do you listen to. I think who do you listen to is probably the most powerful part of that CD series. So for everybody that doesn't know what I'm speaking about. So I used to listen to this CD series called Your Wish Is Your Command. You can listen to it online. It's free. It's long, but it's, it's really good by Kevin Trudeau. And he talked about the metaphysical parts of wealth. And he talks about this. When he first starts, he says, who do you listen to? Who do you listen to? Because he's right. Like whoever you listen to in life, that person is shaping you. Okay. Almost insidiously too, like they're shaping you. Whoever you listen to, whether it's you going to church, your pastor, your mama, your daddy, you know the person that you spend hours on the phone with, or maybe your coworkers, your boss, your manager, like who you listen to is very important as it relates to the person that you will eventually become. Does that make sense? So you got to pay attention of who you listen to. And he's right. You know, when I'm in my 20s, I was listening to the wrong people. I was listening to my friends. When I say listening, I was just having conversations with them. But my friends, like I was making more money than my friends. So it's like their conversations were very futile. I can't listen to these conversations. And they didn't mean me, like they didn't mean any, any harm, but it just... The conversation is what they were talking about. I didn't want to talk about those conversations. They're talking about career and talking about going back to school. I don't want to go to school. I'm not, I don't want a career. I want a business. Does that make sense? So you got to be very careful on who you listen to. That's why I tell you, if you have a job, you should not go to lunch with your coworkers. You should not go to happy hour with your coworkers. Don't go to the barbecues. Don't hang with your employee friends after work. Unless you want to keep a job for the rest of your life. Does that make sense? 
Like if you want to break out of that, you have to get around something different. Like if you make $50,000 a year and you want to make 100000 you can't stay around people that make $50,000 a year and expect to make more. Because $50,000 a year people, they drive the same type of cars, they live in the same type of homes, and they talk the same talk. $100,000 people, they do totally different things. Make sense? So who you listen to is very important. You gotta pay attention. How do you find your purpose in life? You discover it. You have to choose what you want it to be, princess. Diana, what's next here? Always dropping those gems. I mean, folks, are you writing this stuff down? How many of you are writing this down? I know. Listen, you know what's so funny? I'm going to tell on myself here, but I spent a decade not taking notes. You know, I remember going to seminars, network marketing seminars, real estate seminars, you know, meeting millionaires at seminar, not personally, but just listening to them speak. And I never took notes, man. Never took notes. I I didn't start taking notes until like 29, 30 years old. Because I thought that, you know, I can remember everything or, you know, it, it made more sense for me to listen than to write things down. But at that time, I didn't understand how my brain works, you know, because when you listen, even what you're listening to right now, you're not going to remember most of this information, honestly. You got to write it down to go back to review. So and still, until I start taking notes, because, you know, I remember I was at a network marketing seminar and I was talking to the, the presenter at the end. I said, I really want to be wealthy, man. What do I need to do? I said, I like your seminar. Sounded good. But what do I need to do? He says, one thing I know is about you, young man. You didn't take any notes. He said, how do you expect to be rich and wealthy if you don't write down the information that's going to make you rich and wealthy? He said, do you actually believe that everything that I talked about, talked for an hour here, you think going to be able to absorb all this information just like that? No, sir. You got to write stuff down. And from that day, he said, you know, if you don't write things down, you're going to be lost in the matrix. You're not going to get it because most people are lost in the matrix because People in the Matrix, they just believe that they can just listen to information and they just get it. And they're going to apply it. But that's just not the truth. So from that day, I began to take notes. Hey, Gigi, how are you? Courtney Kardashian was up, Courtney. Wouldn't it be amazing if Courtney Kardashian was here? She's my celebrity crush for sure. I'm sure she's going to um, divorce the guy. What's his name? I can't remember his name, but yeah. <laughs> What's next, folks? Talk to me. Um. Hey, Wes, would you teach us about the brain tonight? What is neuroplasticity? How adaptable is the brain? Why is it that some things are easy to learn while others aren't? Well, neuroplasticity, not to get too technical, is basically like the brain is malleable, which means the brain is the brain is like plastic, which means it can like when you go to a 
very, very data delta state of mind. Um, to make that simple, it's like when you watch TV, you watch a movie, your brain is more plastic, which means that your brain waves slow down. That means that whatever you consume, it begins to just flow into the mind and you're able to remember things faster. You learn, you learn faster when your brain is more malleable and more plastic. And that happens when you're in the delta or theta state. Okay? But why some things are harder to learn and others are not? Well, well, think about, you know, I don't know, you know, to answer that question, because think about it for a second. To tie your shoes when you're two and three years old seems like a very arduous task that was very difficult to do, right? But now you could just do it with ease. But as a child, it's very difficult. And even if you were an adult learning how to do it, it still would be difficult if you're doing it for the first time. Same thing with driving, right? So it's not, I don't think it's about some things are more difficult than others. I think everything has a process, and if you want to master the process, you have to go through the process over and over again. Same thing. Let's just think about it. That's real life examples. <clears throat> how did you learn how to tie your shoes? Repetition. How did you learn how to drive? Repetition. How did you know how to do what you do at your job? Repetition. Like anything that you want to learn and master, it's just repetition. That's why in my course, I I make a suggestion and for everybody to go through the course more than once. Okay, like you have to, you have to go through the course more than once, folks. You know, and I and I get it. You know, I know some people. You know, as people, we don't. It's like me telling you to watch the same movie twice in one night. You might say, oh, I don't want to watch it again. I already know what's going to happen. But if it was like four months later, maybe you'll watch it because, you know, and think about it, why do people watch the same movie twice, maybe four to five months. Then they gap because they want to believe that they forgot about a lot of parts in the movie, in the movie, but they have expectations that they know is going to be good. But hopefully they forgot a lot about it that they can be re-excited about the movie once they watch it again. All right. So anything that you want to master in life, you just have to repeat it. Right. I mean, that's the only way if you want to master, you have to repeat it. Like many of you, you can text without looking. You know, I've seen people text, 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 text. Don't even have to look. You know, that's so fast. Because you've been doing it, you know, over and over again. Repeatedly. So you're a master texter. Some of you procrastinate. You're a master procrastinator. So you have to really be careful what you do over and over again. Because whatever you do over and over again, you will become a master at it. You can be a master of being lazy. A master of not taking action. A master of being scared. Okay? <clears throat> Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? How to start a business right sitting at home. Internet business, online. Hey, Wes. I heard something about call, something called a meditation tr retreat getaway. What are your thoughts about something like that to help us find our true self and purpose? Well, <clears throat> I mean, listen, retreats are cool. I don't know if I've ever been to one, but 
They're cool. Getaways, meditation, retreats are cool. But it's not necessary for you to find your true self. You know, when people say find your true self, and I'm thinking to myself, well, is not like the person that's listening to this rant, is that not your true self? And if if that's not your true self, then who is that person? Like who's listening to me right now? Right? You know, it's very interesting on the type of words we use to describe our experience. Well, you know, I want to find my true self. I want to find my inner self. I'm like, what? What do you mean your inner self? Your true self? I think you have to use different words to describe that because that's just very confusing. Right? Because that means that if you're looking for your true self, that means that you're living the false self. I mean, the self that you're currently living is just a lie. And we know that's not true, right? So I think what people are complex about or confused about, they just want to find out what do I need to do to live a happy life, right? Honestly, that's what people want. Not even money. They just want to be happy most of the time. What do I need to do that's going to bring me joy, gratitude, love, and fulfillment? Can I get an amen? That's what people want. And that's very simple to get. You don't need money to feel joy. You don't need money to be grateful. You don't need a big house. Uh, You don't even need a significant other to feel love. Makes sense. But unfortunately, we feel that we need things outside of us to feel an emotion. Right? We say, well, I can't be happy until this business works. Well, I will never be happy until I find the man of my dreams or the woman of my dreams. I have my first baby. And I'm like, so denying yourself of happiness because you haven't achieved what you want. I mean, you got to think about it for a second. It's just unfair to you. Okay. Next question here. Talk to me. And and let me share something with you. You know, I'm so excited that you are you guys are online with me at four o'clock in the morning. It's amazing. Do you believe that you need to know misery to know happiness? That's a good question, um Bree. I'll say this. There's something called the law of polarity which means is every emotion that we have there's always an opposite emotion like you know the opposite of happy is sad right so i think where you're coming from is you know some of us we don't want to be miserable but misery itself is created with the self like people choose to be this way you don't have to be a, you know be miserable right it's like suffering now losing something that's going to happen like sadness it's going to happen somebody's going to die one day in your family or um you know you're going to be counting on something that's not going to work the way that you want so sadness is inevitable but misery to me is a choice and i don't think you need to be miserable to understand what happiness is i think you need to understand sadness sadness is a normal emotion like you can't have happiness without sadness Sadness is an emotion that we all will feel. But the key about sadness is this. 
It's okay to be sad, but it's not okay to be miserable or to suffer. Because to suffer and to be miserable is to continue to think about the negative moment, event, experience over and over and over again and make it worse in the mind. And that's why we say we're miserable. It's, oh, I'm miserable. Well, when a person says that, it's because they're just thinking and they're exacerbating the negative situation over and over again. Well, this happened and they hurt my feelings and now I can't do this and now I can't do this and my mama wasn't. See, that's what miserable, that's what miserable, that, that's what people do that are miserable, okay? And that's a choice. They're choosing to do that. Unfortunately, many people are not aware because when you're in the moment, you're just, um, you're almost unconscious. You don't even realize what you're doing, right? But you got to be able to catch yourself because... You're doing that. No one's making you miserable. No one can make you suffer. You have to play a role in that. So I have to say, no, you don't need to know misery to be happy at all. Absolutely not. Okay. What's next here? Wes, Wes, could you tell me, help me for a few bucks? I'm in Turkey. Earthquake hit us. Well, I hope you get safe, man. Uh, let me see here. How many of you love these rants? I haven't asked that in a while. How many of you love these rants? Wesley, good morning. Have you ever had a toxic girlfriend before? Not to sound personal. Not to sound too Oh, uh, they have a toxic girlfriend. Well, I've only had like one girlfriend, like, no, I've had women in my life, but I've only had one woman that I said that that's my girlfriend, you know, um, and listen, I, I don't want to call her toxic, you know, I don't want to be negative, you know, she was a good woman. Let's just say that we, we, we weren't aligned, you know, and I'll say this to anybody that wants to be in a relationship with a person. And I'm not trying to give out relationship advice because I'm the last person to do that. But let me give you my thoughts. Um, make sure the person that you choose to date, their childhood was somewhat similar to yours. Make sense? Okay. Make sure the childhood was somewhat similar to yours, if not better. You know, unfortunately, some people have had some devastating childhoods, man. I mean, I've had women tell me things that have brought tears to my eyes. Just what they went through. I mean, from sexual abuse, physical abuse, stuff, things that I can't even imagine a parent would do to a kid. Right. And it's it's very saddening. But. Let me tell you something. A lot of stuff does bleed over into the adulthood. And I'm not saying that it's incorrigible, that they can't change, but I've found success to date people that their childhood was somewhat similar, such as just, you know, like my parents didn't drink, they didn't smoke, they didn't curse us out. My dad was mean. He was very authoritative. I mean, we didn't really have a lot of fun. Couldn't really go out to the movies and stuff, you know, stuff like that. Well, I mean, we were just in the house all the time. I mean, we could go play basketball. That's about it. But I live in a very strict household. But um, 
Yeah, it wasn't like no crazy, my parents drunken fights. You know, some children, you know, they've been through it. So I would say that, listen, you definitely need to think about the person's childhood on how they've been raised. And if you choose to deal with that, well, you choose to deal with it. But let me tell you something, how people were raised, a lot of that, those events and experiences, it's just so deeply in the unconscious. Like there's things about me that I'm like my dad in a lot of ways, like very stubborn, dogmatic. Um, and a lot of that's beneficial to me as well, right? But I can, I mean, it's many little traits. Then my mom, now my mom was perfect. I'm not going to lie. My mom's just perfect. I can't even lie. My mom was just perfect. And so that's that's the perfect side of me. <laughs> My mom was very nice. My mom had no enemies. She don't have no enemies. No, like everybody loves my mom that I know of. Maybe she has some enemies. I don't know. But it's just very difficult to not like my mom. She's really good. She's a really good people person. I got that. You know, I got the um, the the leadership from my dad, but the compassion from my mom. And they both were effective. So, um Next question for me. So, yeah, I don't want to call her toxic, man. You know, um, they just say that we we just were, we were not aligned. How do you find your purpose in life? Princess Dan, I just told you, I said, you have to discover, you have to choose what it is. You know, you think about the type of contribution that you want to make to the world. You know, folks, you know, I, and I get it. You know, I know you guys want a, another type of answer, but... Because you don't want to do the work. But listen, you got to do the work. You got to sit down and ask yourself, what is my purpose? What do I want to do? What, do, what type of contribution do I want to make to the world? You got to think. And I think that what's really debilitating on the planet is no one wants to think for themselves. They don't. They want somebody to tell them everything. They want somebody to tell you how to dress, who to date, where to go, what type of business to start. Some people want you to tell them that their the future. I'm like, come on, use your brain, think. I think many of you you haven't thought in a while, so now when you begin to think, you hate it because it takes a lot of mental energy. But you got to think. Uh, it's an audio out there by Napoleon Hill says. <sighs> Men, men and women fail because they don't think. They just do what everybody else is doing. Okay? You have a brain. You can think for yourself. Remember that. What's next here? <laughs> Let me see. Do you still believe in Jesus? I knew this was coming. And I knew Vanessa, she was going to ask me that question. She always asked me in my religion. Do I believe in Jesus? Jesus. Jesus Christ. Well, you have to, listen. You have to explain to me what you mean by belief. Okay? When you say, do I believe in Jesus? You know, what do you mean by belief? 
I need you to define what does that mean. Okay. Um, many of you are aware that, you know, I'm a PK kid. I grew up in the church. And of course, I was indoctrinated. I mean, it's some, it's so much that's in me when it comes to the Bible religion that I could never um, eliminate, you know, it is what it is, despite, you know, my feelings about it. But this is my thoughts about just like Jesus. Like, I don't know. I don't know if Jesus is real. I don't know, you know. And my thoughts is, if I can be objective, like, I think about it like this. Believing that Jesus is real or not believing, how does that help me here today? Like, how does that increase my quality of life? You know, if I... You know, because, you know, in the Bible says Jesus is the son of God, right? So by believing or not believing, how does that increase my quality of life? Like, how does that make me a happier person? How does that make me a better father? How does that make me a better lover? How does that make me a better business owner? You know, I, you know, I don't know. And I'm pretty sure you folks will have, you know, answers to that. But, you know, practically speaking, I don't know. Like, I don't know. We don't, I don't know if Jesus is real. Like, I don't, no one knows. We just have faith, right? Of course. But what's very perplexing is people have so much faith. You know, Christians have so much faith in God and faith in Jesus that it is real. And they have faith to believe all the stories that are in the Bible. But they have no faith in themselves. That's what's very perplexing. Like you've never seen God, you've never seen Jesus, but yet you believe and you have faith that he exists, but you don't have faith that you can do incredible things. Like you don't have faith that you can start your own business. You don't have faith that you can just leave that relationship and find someone that loves you to love. I mean, you don't have the faith that you can turn your situation around. So how do you have faith in something that you've never seen? Like you've never experienced in the physical and yet you know you're there. You can see yourself. You can touch yourself. You can smell yourself. You know that you exist and you're real. You're not like a spirit, but yet you have no faith in you, no faith in your abilities, no faith in your capabilities at all. Okay? So that's what's perplexing. That... um that I'm going to expect you to figure out. Okay, Nessa, we don't need a sermon tonight. You can always go live on your your life if you want to preach the word of God. Go ahead, but do it on your live, okay? <laughs> All right, what's the next thing? Like, do you believe he came in the flesh as God and died for our sins? You know, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. I don't know. Okay? It's not about belief for me. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Okay? And to go deeper on that, like I said before, me knowing, say if I knew that he did die for our sins, how does that make me a better person? Like, how did that make you a better person? If you knew that God 
if you had undeniable proof that, you know, Jesus died for your sins, okay? How did that make you a better person? I mean, how does it make you a wealthier person? How does that make you a healthier person? How does that make you a person that's better in relationships? How does that make you a better mother or father? Like how? Or if you don't even know, say if you don't know if he actually died for himself, like how does that increase your quality of life right now? And if it is increasing your quality of life, then you got to figure it out, you know? But see, I don't know how that aligns, how just knowing that it's going to fix anything about your life and it, and it doesn't, I'm going to be honest with you folks, you know, and I, and I know it's tough to have me, you know, it's, Many of you, it's tough having these type of conversations because you're so emotionally charged. Like religion itself is just a very emotionally charged topic. Like, you know, people just, they're very emotional. And I get it. You know, I get it. Right. So I try to tiptoe around that. But if you ever, if you ever, if you ever can have an objective conversation about it. You know, when you just put your emotions to the side and you just look at facts and say, you know what? You know, how do we know this is real? Or is it real? Is it applicable to our life? Or what? You know, just ask questions. That's why I would say ask questions. There's nothing wrong with asking questions and learning about what you believe in. Because remember something about beliefs. Your beliefs will eventually create what is called your reality. And you have some people that are Christians and they're rich. And they're wealthy and they're happy people. They figured it out. You know what I mean? But unfortunately, there's a ton of Christians are, a ton of people are believers in anything. It doesn't even have to be God. It can be Buddha or Quran. And a lot of them are living very devastating lives. Okay? Sick. You know, unhappy. Um, so, Yeah. Understand that you're saying about our minds being powerful, and I know my purpose. But when I get distracted, our life gets in the way. How do you stay focused? So, Aricella, you you can't let life get in the way, okay? Like, you can't even say that because life cannot get in the way. And I get it because that's how you try to describe it, you know? And what you're really saying is life, you're having issues like challenges, Okay, like you have problems. That that's what you should have said. You say, well, Wesley, when I want to do this, problems are, are happening. Well, let me tell you something, Arisella. You may not want to hear this, but it's just the truth. You're not going to have a problem-free moment on the planet. You, uh, I mean, problems are coming. They're like weeds. Like no one plants a weed, but they come. So what do we do when the weeds grow in the garden? Well, we pick them up. We don't complain about it. We don't bitch about it. We don't say, well, I got all these weeds. We just pick them out. So as you're changing or as you're making better decisions, you still have to deal with the adversities and challenges of life. And think about it like this, Arizona. It's only making you better. It's making you a more resilient person. If you can't take these little bitty problems now, then how do you deal with the much larger problems once you become rich, right? So think about it as a test, right? You got to be able to deal with these little smaller problems such as bills or debt, right? Or emotional issues or 
You may think you have anxiety or depression issues or you know, a very toxic relationship. Those are small compared to, you know, some other issues here. So I would say, don't say life is getting in the way. Life is not getting in the way because you create your life. So if life is getting in the way, you're creating that. All right? But just because you make a decision to change your life, and this happens to a lot of you. Like, just because you make a decision one day or one night, one evening that you're going to change your entire life. So, you know what? I'm going to do better. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to make better decisions. I'm going to have a better attitude. I'm going to change my behaviors. I'm just going to stop doing all the little stupid, immature things I've been doing. I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to be accountable for my actions. Just because you make the decision doesn't mean that every decision that you've made in your past that you're not going to be held accountable for, right? Like if you made a bunch of bad decisions for years, you, you got to deal with it. So I mean, things may come up that you got to deal with and you deal with it and you deal with it gracefully and you move forward. Okay. Does that make sense, Arizona? What do you think or say when people say that you're blessed of what you have? Yeah. That's a good question, King. That's one thing my mom always says. My mom, she's always like, my mom watches me on the internet all the time. She said, oh, that was just so nice what you did to those people downtown, Wes. You gave all that food to those people. You gave them blankets. You know, Wes, that's why you're so blessed. That's why you're so blessed. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not, like, it's not because I'm blessed. Like, everybody's blessed. Because, you know, when she says that, it's almost like I'm being blessed and everybody's not being blessed. And that's not the case. Everybody's blessed in some way, form or fashion. Right? I'm not blessed because I feed homeless people. Um, I'm not blessed because I'm blessed because I just think of myself as a blessed individual. I'm blessed because I woke up. I'm blessed that I have three beautiful children that are doing very well in their lives. I'm blessed that my parents are still alive and they're doing well, they're healthy as they get older. I'm blessed that I have options to live my life how I want to live them. I'm blessed that I get the opportunity to talk to you and share my philosophy with you. Does it make sense? That's why I'm blessed, you know what I mean? So we all blessed. It's not because Someone said, you know what, Wesley's going to be blessed and all these other people are not going to be blessed. No, everybody's blessed. People just think they're not blessed because they're always focusing on their situations. And most people's situations are not the best. And if you keep focusing on the situation that's not the best, then you can't even imagine how you're blessed when you're in debt. You're like, I'm blessed, I'm broke. How can I be blessed and I have a job that I can't stand? It's killing me. All right? But I want you to understand you're blessed. You are. Okay? You are. What's next here? Are you getting value here tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Raise your hand if you're getting value here tonight. Uh. Without Jesus, you are nothing. Look at the bigger picture. I don't believe that. 
remember when you die, you can't take it all with you. First of all, I can't remember when I die because I've never died before. You can't take your cars and houses. Listen, you know, I hear people. Let's talk about this comment for about a minute. You know, you hear people say, well, you can't take all that shit with you. You can't take money with you. You can't take. First of all, I'm not trying to take the shit with me. I'm not trying to take my I'm not taking my cars or my homes or my pen. I'm, why would I take that with when I die? But I'm not dead. So while I'm here on the planet, I'm going to enjoy those things. And I'm not going to allow anybody to convince or tell me why I shouldn't enjoy those things. People that usually say, well, you can't take that stuff to the grave, so it's just useless and worthless. I don't know. That's just an unhappy person. Because an, an unhappy person would tell other people on why they shouldn't do something. And, and that's what they want to do. Right? Um, like in the Bible, for all my Bible people, it said, ask, believe, and achieve. Like, you can ask anything that you want. So if people decide to, well, Gucci and Versace, why... Why should we criticize them and say, well, why are you wasting your money? I just think those are very bitter people, man. It's just so bitter. And it's something about them that's, you know, something that's deep inside of them that just won't allow them to do what they want to do. It's nothing wrong with buying what you want to buy and doing what you want to do. It doesn't make you a cruel person because, or an irresponsible person because you have nice things or have the perception of nice things, or right? it's all perception anyway, right? So it's like, come on, come on. But I think people like that because they're bitter because they can't have it. I mean, they do want it. Secretly, I think they do want it. I think, you know, most people that say they don't want things, they do. Deep, just secretly. They'll never tell you. They'll never admit to it, though. But they do. Right? Um... So I don't know why people are so concerned about what's going to happen when they die, such as, well, you can't take it with you when you die. Well, you can't take none of that money with you. It's, it's worthless. I'm like, are you insane? I mean, money is very important. I mean, it's extremely important. It's all important. You hear me? It's just like oxygen. You need that money. And the people that don't, don't have the money, they don't live happy lives. Most people, they do not. They live very disgruntled, bitter, resentful type lives. Okay, and the people that have money, they're typically happy. Not everybody, but typically they are. And it's more unhappy, poor, and broke people than there are unhappy, rich people. Okay? To choose one. Yeah, they are. Would you agree, Wesley, that there's things that you haven't realized are true? That you think are lies? Uh, I don't know. Like, for example, like what? Like, I don't know. I understand. Like, we, we've talked about truth before, right? And I gave my philosophy about truth. Like, there's no such thing as, like, the truth, by the way. Um, let me explain. Like, the truth is a construct, which means is people decide what's true. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I was using the word the fact. 
Like the people decide what's what's factual information, right? Um, and what's true to you could be true, not true to somebody else. It could be true that the earth the earth is flat. It could be true that the earth is round. Like how did we know? Right? At the end of the day, someone has to agree or someone has to go out there and see. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I guess I don't think about what I think is true that could be a lie. I don't know because I don't have a. I just don't have that cynic type of mindset. Like I just don't always think. Like some people have what is called conspiracy theory mindset. There, they just think that it's always something the world is doing to us. Are they? They. It's always they. They doing this and they this. And they don't want this. And they, 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 they. And this is what they really doing. You know, you got people like that. You know, it's just insane. I don't know. I don't live in that world. Hey, Letitia, how are you? What gods do you pray to to be successful? I don't pray to any god. I pray to myself. I'm the god. How about that? Listen, so when it comes to prayer, you know, prayer, it depends on how you define it, right? But people typically define prayer as in calling out or making a request to God or to somebody. But um, I, I believe you should just be grateful. <sighs> you don't have to. There's a story of a young man when I went to India. And they were they wanted it to rain. And he said, how long, you know, how long has it been since it rained? He said, oh, it's been a while. And, um, you know, I was like, what? So what do you guys need to pray for the rain or what? You know, or he said, yeah. So this man went out to the field and he, what I thought he was doing was praying for rain. And, you know, after a couple of days, it started to rain. And I said, so did you pray for that rain? He said, no. He said, if I would pray for rain, rain wouldn't come. And I didn't get it at first. Because I thought, well, I mean, you're praying for it. You're asking for it. He said, no. He said, I embodied the person as if rain was already here. Like I saw the puddles. I saw the mud. So when he went down and closed his eyes and got on his knees like we all do when we pray, he was envisioning the rain. He wasn't praying for anything. He wasn't making a request. He was feeling as if the rain was actually pouring in the moment. Okay? It was powerful. I was like, wow. So that's why I continue to reiterate about if you want success, first you got to define what success means. Two... You have to embody the person that you want to become. For years, by the way. Not months, but years. Okay? What's next here? Hey, Wes, what made you realize that you were going to be very impactful individual on this planet here? You know, I just knew it. I knew this in my early 20s. And the reason why I knew it, because 
You know, when things would happen to people, I would see people lose their jobs, lose their homes. And I would see grown men cry about this. You'll cry because they lost their job. Complaining, bitch. They lose their homes, same thing. Cry, lose their car, they cry, they whine, they bitch and complain. And I just never did that. Honestly, I just never did that. And I didn't understand why other people were doing that. Me, I just found a solution. That's all I did. You know, something happened, I just found a solution. That's it. Immediately. So, yeah, in my 20s, I just realized that people are just powerless. They allow their circumstances and their situations to overtake them emotionally. And you can't function that way, by the way. Okay? It's impossible. Okay, I'm going to take a few more questions and I'm going to let you guys go here. Did you get value here tonight, ladies and gentlemen? How many of you are going to choose to listen to this again? How many of you are going to choose to listen to this again? Okay. Hey, Hulda, how are you? Okay. How many of you are going to choose to listen to this again? I expect so. Will you ever think will you ever think your wise words are going to make important people mad? I love you, Wes. Um You know, it depends on when you say important people. We'll just say they're there are powerful people on the planet, you know. We'll never know who these people are, obviously. But it's a collective of powerful people and some information. Um, I, I tell you this, that when I become very, very significant on the planet, it's some things that I'm not going to be able to say anymore. Because it's one thing to be popular and it's another thing to be popular with influence, which means people start to listen to you and then they start to act on what they're hearing. Got to be very careful with that, right? So me, I just promote prosperity, happiness, wealth, abundance. I don't support the dark techniques and tactics to do things, which there are many, right? So that's my intention. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it's somebody on the planet that doesn't want me to tell you that you're powerful i mean you should know that because if the world listen if the world itself wanted you to be and wanted you to know that you're powerful why would they play so many commercials about you being depressed why would they play commercials about you having anxiety and how to cure it like why would they do that why would they give you housing why would they give you food stamps and medicare and medicaid no, they know you powerless and they want you to stay there. So that's why they give you money. Like moms, you got some moms that just get money just for having babies, man. The more babies you make, the more money you get every year. I mean, how insane is that? And many of you don't see it coming until it's too late. I got your podcast on repeat. Thank you. Appreciate it. What trait of character you want your lady to have? Um, I just want her to be nice and nurturing and supportive and agreeable. 
Why should we listen twice? Simple. The same reason why when you drove a car for the first time, you wasn't an expert, were you? How did you become an expert? You drove it again. And you had to continue to drive it until you became really great at it. Okay? Repetition is the mother of skill. Remember this. If you want to master information, listen to it again. If you don't want to master it, if you want to hear something new every day, then you'll never succeed greatly. Because masters, they focus on one thing. Okay? All right, folks, I'm going to go ahead and let you go here. I love you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for liking and sharing this. You can always listen to the podcast at Wesley Billion Dollar Virgin Podcast. Google it. It's available at Amazon, Apple, Spotify. We're everywhere. Over 400 plus episodes. And I'll let you go with these words. And I want you to listen to me close. In life, we don't get what we want out of life. We get what we picture. Which means every day you must picture the life that you want to have. Every night you must picture the life that you want to have. Every afternoon you must picture the life that you want to have. In your devastating moments, in your moments of depression, you must picture the life that you want to have. This is Wesley, Billion Dollar Virgin. Much love and let's go.